0: Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, I want to talk about, can you guess, this is a reoccurring topic, it's route density. There you go. If you guys got that right, congratulations. <laughs> no, uh, uh, in all honesty, these things come up in my, you know, in my head, as I'm going about my day, going about my week, different things may happen. Interactions with different clients, employees, uh, just life, business in general, and they all kind of just remind me of how important different aspects of route density is when it comes to lawn maintenance. So I own a lawn maintenance business. We do mowing, fertilization, weed control are our, our two main bread and butter services. You know, we offer. A lot of other turf um, services, turf care services like aeration and seeding in the fall, of course, is pretty popular here in the central Virginia area where I'm based out of uh, Richmond, Midlothian technically Midlothian, but for those of you that don't know Midlothian, that's why I say Richmond because that's the, the bigger city more known. But, you know, so the outskirts, there's towns all around the Richmond area and I'm in Midlothian and that's where all of my neighborhoods are focused in and that's it. And 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 it's a tight knit route within the, Midlo- the town of Midlothian. Uh, Midlothian itself encompasses many zip codes. It's a pretty large area. And I don't cover all of it, only specific neighborhoods within Midlothian. That's how tight my route density is. Um, you know, we do offer other things, like I said, uh, dethatching is is a spring, a new spring service that we started offering regularly to our clients as well. You know, we clean up the leaves in the fall. We'll we'll uh, stay on top of trimming our clients' shrubs for those that want that. That's not a super popular thing with, with the majority of the folks that we take care of. Some people do it themselves. Uh, or whatever, or they have a landscaping service that does a whole bunch of stuff, including that. Um, but if they do want that, we will take care of that multiple times throughout the year. We'll also put down some fresh mulch in the spring, uh, just some of the, the the light landscape maintenance. But for the most part, our bread and butter is lawn maintenance. That's what we advertise. That's what we talk about. That's what we primarily do and have, Um, and some of the other stuff, just kind of like side work, odd jobs that might pop up within the uh, lawn and landscape maintenance during the times of year that we have a little more room in our schedule, like early spring before mowing starts, towards the end of the year, late fall, early winter, and then you know throughout the winter, any kind of miscellaneous pruning and cleanups and things like that that may need to get done just to kind of keep the wheels turning and keep the cash flow coming in because... Here in central Virginia, we don't get a lot of snow. So when it gets cold, too cold for the grass to grow, there's not a whole lot else to do. So it definitely, um, slows down here, so we kind of get creative with what we can do and projects and so on and so forth. But anyway, I say all that to say, for those of you that are new, thank you for listening to the LCR Media Podcast. Thank you for clicking play and joining me uh, in this conversation and many more to come. And hopefully you're going through the backlog of 160-something episodes and going through and seeing different topics, hopefully all of them that are interesting to you, whether it be IBG episodes, in-between guest episodes where I'm talking about different topics, topics or the episodes where I have uh, several different guests talking about different topics as well um, but I also have a YouTube channel um, it's at lawn care rookie or LCR you can click on YouTube and search that or just go on Google and type in LCR media or lawn care rookie and all kinds of stuff will come up Instagram um, Facebook YouTube and so on so I've lots of content over the years with that and doing YouTube for eight years now. I think it's been pretty much the same amount of time that I've been in business, which is eight years as well. Um, This is my eighth season here. I was in retail management before that for over 15 years and decided to press the hard reset button for my my life and try something new and different and stop running other people's businesses and start running my own business. And I always had a green thumb, or at least I've Uh, I guess a self, uh, you know, self-titled green thumb. I was that homeowner that really loved just having the best, most beautiful, healthy, green, lush lawn on the block. And I was successful at that. So I just wanted to, um, I I naturally thought to myself, well, if I want to get out of retail and I want to start my own business, what else could I do? And, you know, mowing lawns, lawn care as a whole, lawn maintenance was just one of those things that, I thought was a natural progression. So I had to transition that obviously from a homeowner to a professional and kind of go through that first couple of years was, was a little bumpy, but you know, that's why my channel was called the lawn care. When I started my YouTube channel shortly after that, it was called lawn care rookie because I was just making a lot of rookie mistakes living and learning and just trying to figure it out as I went along, did a lot of research online, Googling and things like that. Found a lot of YouTube videos that applied some folks making regular content. That was the beginning of this community. That's now grown online, you know, like thousands and thousands and thousands strong. Um, it's, it's a great time. We all get together every year in October for, um, the, the equip expo in Louisville, Kentucky. I've got some previous episodes on that. You can also search all this stuff on YouTube at Long Care Rookie or in the, your podcast um, player, whether that be Apple or Spotify. You can type in the search bar and you can type in GIE, which is what it was formerly known as GIE Expo or now Equip Expo. Either one of those, you'll probably get some content. You'll probably get more with GIE just because they just changed over last year. So there's a lot, many years of other content previously titled as the GIE Expo. So if you're not sure what that is, you can check all that out um, as well as check out the link in the episode description here or most of the recent episodes uh, for a 50% off registration code, code LCR, and you can get 50% off your registration. If you have not registered yet, or if you don't know what it is and you you, you listen and you do all your research and you're like, I I definitely want to go, come back and click on that link so you can get 50% off. Um, Lots of fun opportunities there and things going on. So um, but at any rate, I, I started my podcast what, a little over a year ago um, in addition to everything else that I've been doing um, with social media and providing content. So this is just another outlet for me to really dive into some conversations, some some, some of which I did on, on YouTube and, and Instagram um, and, and others um, are, are kind of with what I wanted to have been wanting to talk about over the years that I've kind of jot notes down or just you know, things like I said, that just pop up in my head. So back to route density. um, A lot of folks know me as having a lot, uh, having a tight route density, being really um, intent, uh, intentional with my route density. And what that is real briefly, again, this is what probably the seventh uh, episode or seventh uh, iteration of, you know, like seven point route density, 7.0, something along those lines, of route density. So you can find a lot of information about that too. Going back in, in, in the archives of my, of this uh, podcast, put in route density, you probably hear a lot of, a lot of, see a lot of episodes about that too. But just briefly, what route density is, is just keeping all of your, you know, keeping your route dense, right? Keeping it full of work, full of clients. So when it comes to lawn maintenance, especially, it's hard to be, profit as profitable when you're driving all over town like say you you're in one neighborhood you mow maybe one or two yards and you have to drive 15 20 minutes to another neighborhood to mow one or two yards and then go drive into another neighborhood 15 20 minutes away to mow one or two yards and and i'm being I'm being generous like in some cases I know folks locally that are driving 30 minutes from neighborhood to neighborhood just for one or two yards and and they're doing that all day and you know it really puts puts a rush on on things, trying to cram in as much as you can in in uh, you know, daylight, you know, sun up to sundown, trying to cram in as much work as you can. And you, you're obviously not going to get as much done if you're spending thirty minutes, you know, to to go here, there, and everywhere. And a lot of cases could be, you know, uh thirty to forty five minutes round trip to go from one neighborhood back to another neighborhood or or whatever. So think of all the yards you could potentially mow. In, in that time frame. So when, when it comes to mowing lawns specifically, fertilizing, um, fertilization, weed control, that kind of lawn maintenance, where it's regular, reoccurring services, weekly, monthly, you know, and so on, you really want to think about having as trying to trying to build up in in, in the same neighborhood, so you can get as many accounts, as many clients, uh, properties together. As possible. So you spend little time driving, especially when you have employees. But even if you're solo, if you're just a solo guy out there driving around spraying yards or mowing lawns or doing a combination of the two, you know, you might not think about this. My first year, I didn't really think about it because I was, I've been so, I was solo for like the first four, four years, uh, leading up to year five to start hiring part time employees. But, you know, the first year, I, I just thought, oh, well, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, uh, I'm not technically paying myself to drive around. So I can drive all over town and take my time and do whatever and have a good old time. And while that was a good transition for me coming out of you know, a stressful environment of retail management um and you know managing employees my you know for over 15 years and all that, everything that comes with that good, bad and and, and everything in between. Um it was a good transition for me to be by myself and 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 just kind of pace myself, build up, you know, get, get work. I was taking on whatever I could just like pretty much anyone probably does in this business when they first start out. You know going to all different neighborhoods trying out different parts of town trying out different services what do I like what don't I like trying to figure out pricing getting different you know what kind of equipment do I need how much is all this going to cost so on and so forth just really trying to make a name for myself and get my my business out there so that I can start generating you know recurring revenue for my business and, but just not really considering, you know, the route density aspect, you know, the first year, um, but I, you know, cause I wasn't paying myself and all that, but I should have been paying myself. Like you're still an employee of your, of your business. You still should be paying yourself. So wasting time sitting in the truck, you know, doing this, any other thing, driving all around and whatever, when you have a, instead of getting actual work done, just, just imagine if you had an employee in the truck with you. And this is what I, what I try to, Uh, reiterate in some previous episodes uh, and and even with some guests, like I feel like to help, you know, hammer out density home for people, for the lawn maintenance um, companies out there, you know, even if you're solo, solo owner operators, like everyone should just have like a part-time employee for the day or for a week and, and, and just, uh, you know, see, see, see what happens when, you know, when you have to pay that person at the end of the week for all the hours that they worked with you, that includes them just sitting in the truck while you're driving all over town or messing around on Instagram or whatever, like whatever it is that that you would normally do in your day, you know, stopping to go to McDonald's, stopping to go to the gas station, you know, several stops throughout the day for this or that or whatever, like going to the bathroom, getting a drink, get something all these things all of a sudden would you dawns on you like it adds up quick like holy cow look at all this wasted money that i spent having to pay this employee for not actually getting any work done no billable time of actually being on a property and doing something that we can invoice for that that client to pay or that customer to pay that one-time person like you know that that that's that becomes an eye-opener so I almost you know feel like everyone should c- kind of do that for, for for a week so you can really understand what it means to to pay yourself and to pay someone else and how valuable your time is and should be um, because and then and then you start to get creative with your time like okay well you know should I uh, you know make sure that I pack my own lunch or snacks you know make sure I have enough water or you know uh, um sports drinks whatever you know enough things to drink to stay hydrated enough things to eat so i don't have to stop constantly so that i'm not and, and and i have energy and i and i'm not starving um you know can i make it only once a day you know once throughout the day to go to the bathroom like lunchtime you know like just go to the bathroom right before you leave you know to to start your day for work you know um and then wait till lunch if you can to go to the bathroom and eat, you know, you have snacks throughout the day and drink throughout the day, you know, or can you, you know, if you really have to go to the bathroom somewhere in between lunch before or after, can you be... Um, can can you time it properly with when you're passing a gas station anyway, or you're in a new uh, a neighborhood with some new construction, you know, and there's uh, porta potties, you know, um, around? Can you you know stop stop by, plan that into your route so you can stop and go to the bathroom real quick and hop in, so it's only a few minute delay, you know, things like that. You start thinking about how you can work a little bit smarter to 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 get. to to get as much work done, right? As much billable time, especially when you have employees and you're paying them to just sit in the truck. So, and driving all over town is not profitable. So I say all that, again, just to summarize all this, for those of you that that don't know, or you're new, or, you know, if you've been listening this whole time, it's just maybe some more key points or examples that I gave to help kind of hammer it home again and reiterate the importance there. But um, you know, my first year, like I said, I I really didn't understand that until um, probably going into year two, because I just wanted to have more time coming, coming from retail, I was really stressed out and had no quality of life. And I really wanted to, you know, becoming a business owner, entrepreneur, part of my main goal, one of my main goals was to get some of my time or a lot of my time back, right? I'm I'm in control of my own schedule now. I don't have another boss or bosses, 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 you know, breathing down my neck and telling me what to do and holding me accountable, making me stay late and all that. It was all on me. If I was staying late, it was on me you know, like whatever. So I was pretty much in complete control. And while I was working hard and hustling all day, every day to to get the, the wheels going and to generate money and and make enough money to, to pay my bills and support my family and everything, I still wanted to protect my time and get my time back. So I was trying not to work weekends as much as possible, trying not to work late at night, you know, didn't want to miss dinner every day and all that stuff. So Try to get out as early as I could, but I mean, a lot of things happened where there was a lot of opportunities. Like you know, as much as I wanted to get out, start working early, my kids were young. You know, were young enough still where they cared and uh, you know, like cared of me being involved in their life and going on field trips and and being home to to help them get ready in the morning and help my wife help them the kids get ready in the morning to go to the bus or get driven to school or whatever the d- scenario was at the time over the years. And, um, you know, so at least I could be a part of that and then try and make it home by dinner. Um, obviously I wasn't going to make it home by the time they got, got done with school. Cause you know, that'd be a really short day, but I try to get home by dinner and then it'd be times where, you know, every now and again, one of my, I have two children, you know, one of them would, would, would be sick or something. And, um, it would be easier for me to just you know, swing by the school because I was working so locally to begin with. Like I said, I, a lot of my neighborhoods ha, are in the, the same area where I live and it's just super tight and it's just grown from there. So when I'm spread out all over the place, that makes it harder as well. But so being closer to working, the closer I work to home, then then the schools, my children's school, I can just swing by and pick them up, drop them off at home, make sure they're, you know, you know, do whatever I got to do to help, you know, make them feel better, uh, you know, until my wife gets home or if they were old enough to be on their own, you know, just tuck them in, you know, maybe, you know, give them some ibuprofen or something. If they had a bad headache or whatever the scenario was, or if they weren't feeling good, give them some ginger ale or something, tend to them for a little bit, you know, you know, make them feel, help them feel a little bit better until they fall asleep. And then, Head back out and finish my day. My wife comes home shortly after that, or whatever, because it might not have been as convenient for her to leave work and stuff like that. So, that, that gave me a lot of flexibility for all those things. So, um, but, but I quickly realized in order to do those things, you know, if I was only going to work like nine to five or nine to six or something, you know, working hours after the kids went to school and, get home for dinner, you know, that meant that I really couldn't be driving all over town because I would only be able to get a a small amount of work done. You know, it also made me tighten up the work that I was getting done. Like people wanted me to do miscellaneous projects here, there and everywhere everywhere. Um, in addition to maybe mowing their lawn and all that. And that would just drag on hours into the day and that'd be less how you get done. And as my route, my mowing route built up and my treatments, you know, as when I got licensed and started doing that, you know, all these things started building up and my schedule started getting more and more full and I didn't have a whole lot of wiggle room. So that really made me realize how important route density was or is and what was then and still is now. So I really was just trying to, um, figure that out. So that, that happened early on and, and, and I'm grateful for that. So by default, route density became a thing. So one of the biggest things um, that I have also stumbled upon or that I've realized over the years is good neighborhoods bring good work. So uh, having having good neighborhoods is also a good way to keep weedy yards away. Uh, typically there's certain neighborhoods we call, I call them HOAs, homeowner associations that, uh, are, you know, kind of have like, um, a persona or an image that they try to keep up with. I think every HOA has, you know, some basic standards, um, you know, and, and it's kind of a good job security for those of us in lawn maintenance, You know, if people don't mow their lawn regularly and it's just super overgrown and and not so nice looking or, and, or they don't water their lawn because maybe they're trying to avoid having to cut their lawn a lot, you know, so they, they just don't really care. So their yard gets all Brown and, and not appealing looking. Those are some things that, uh, the HOAs typically don't, don't like, And we'll send letters to the homeowner asking them to, you know, water their lawn and keep their lawn cut at a certain height or whatever, you know, whatever the terms specifically are. And if they don't, if they don't comply, then they will ultimately get a fine from the HOA because what happens is the whole point of an HOA and, and the neighborhood, like, I mean, as a, as a, you know, homeowner, and I don't think I don't think any of you guys, whether you rent or you, you know, whether you're in an apartment, a home, whatever. I don't think you want to be living in an environment where you know the grass around you, whether it be your neighbors or the common areas, are overgrown, and it's like, man, are there ticks in there? Like bugs or just live snakes? Like. I can't go in there with my kids or my, my walk, my dog or whatever. It it just looks gross. Like where, where am I living right now that this looks like this, you know, or it's just super Brown and crispy. I mean, that's probably not as, as big of a deal in my opinion, as it being super overgrown and, you know, full of weeds and nasty. Looks like there could be, you know, all kinds of animals living in there and you got to bring the goat in there and start, you know, chewing away at the, at your, your field. But, you know, having a Brown lawn probably isn't as nice looking either, um but so the whole point is they want it to be aesthetically pleasing to hopefully get people to come into the HOA to to that neighborhood because then they they, they pay usually pay membership dues to that you know that that HOA so that that's going to help that's going to ha- that's part of their purpose right like they want to generate revenue as well it's it's still a business for them too And, you know, they they have all the different things that they do for the homeowners there, clubhouse, pools, you know, keeping this, that, and the other thing, tidy or whatever, just kind of building that community, that neighborhood within there. And that's part of the draw of being in those kind of neighborhoods, folks that enjoy that, that want to be around clean, tidy houses, yards, nice neighborhoods, sidewalks, whatever, pool, clubhouse, people that want that environment appreciate all that and they're going to pay their monthly, uh, membership or yearly, whatever it is, member quarterly membership dues to, to have that. So that brings law, uh, lawn maintenance companies, you know, um, like I said, uh, job security. And it also keeps, uh, more of the yucky yards out of, out of those neighborhoods. You know, the typically there's not a whole lot of weed infested yards in those kind of neighborhoods. I mean, there's always going to be the anomalies. There's going to be the people that live in those neighborhoods that just don't care about that part as much as they care about, you know, their house, their, their life, their experiences, vacations, their fancy cars, boats, whatever, you know, their kids, hopefully their family, things like that, their clothes, whatever, they're spending their money on other things. And they're not really spending as much money or time or effort on their, their yard, the outside of their house, uh, their property. So there are still going to be some of those people. And those are the people that I try to stay away from. Those are the people that will contact me or you or whoever, um, because they're getting those letters or they're getting those nasty looks from their neighbors. And they're like, man, I don't want to be dealing with this anymore. Like, you know, cutting my yard once a month is already a hassle for me. And, you know, I can't keep up with it. And obviously that's not good enough for for my neighborhood and all that. So like, what, what am I supposed to do? those are the people that, you know, contact you like, Hey, can, you know, can you, can you cut my yard, you know, once a month or or twice a month at, at the most. And that's a subject for, that's an episode for another day. Uh, probably coming up soon here talking about bi-weeklies and all that kind of nonsense. But um, you know, those are the people that I really try to stay away from over the years. I really whittled that down. And the, the biggest thing that I've found is the nicer neighborhoods when you build up in the you know you find those nice neighborhoods with the you know on average you have a higher uh, percentage of people that live in those neighborhoods that appreciate their lawn you know their landscaping they want it to look nice they're willing to pay a reasonable rate for that and if you can find those people and keep building up in that neighborhood with those people then that's going to one deter the weedy yard people. And it's also going to increase your route density. So that's less neighborhoods you have to drive around to throughout throughout the day, throughout the week, if you can just build up in those nice neighborhoods. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell is, like I said, you find those good neighborhoods. Even if you have to drive a little bit out of your way to get to those nice neighborhoods and you try and do whatever you can to build up those na- in those neighborhoods. In the beginning, it might be like, okay, this isn't route density because I'm driving 30 minutes to this one house in this neighborhood. But hopefully, you can, you know, maybe even give the that one that one yard that one person some incentive. Like, hey, if you can get me some referrals, I'll give you a discount. You know, a free mowing or whatever. You know, give them a gift card to a fancy steakhouse or something to take the... Their, their spouse out with, you know, or, or maybe a, a family trip somewhere to whatever, you know, Chick-fil-A or something, maybe, you know, what whatever, whatever it is, whatever you got going on local, just think outside the box, some creative ways to try and help your one customer, you know, your, your hopefully will become a, a regular client to promote you on their Facebook page, the face private Facebook group that a lot of these neighborhoods have, and or just, you know, throughout their, their neighborhood on the street, at the bus stop, you know, whenever at the clubhouse, things like that, just to help, you know, because most likely those people are gonna associate with more people like them. Welcome to Toro Tuesday. This week, I'm talking about the Multi Force Aerator. It's a 38 inch wide Multi Force Aerator. So it's another attachment. Um, it's not a powered attachment, it's still something you can just put in. You don't need the high flow. Hydraulics, like the snowblower and uh, the power broom, you just attach it to the to the front receiver hitch, and you can just lift it up and down when you need to. This way, you can transport it, getting it on and off the trailer, and so on, as well as if you're going from you know ac- from the sidewalk to another part of the lawn or across the driveway, and so on. But this is a unique aerating attachment. Uh, instead of being a core aerator like traditionally which leaves uh, unsightly hard plugs to accumulate on the lawn just takes longer for it to break down and not everybody's you know into all that um, some some businesses, some homeowners actually would prefer not to have uh, their lawn look like that after aeration so this is another option for you to be able to aerate those folks. With it's called a hooker aerator. So basically, it scoops. You know, it, it still punctures the soil, and and sco- and it goes uh, in depths from approximately half an inch wide, um, by one and a quarter inch long, and up to three inches deep. Uh, He's basically scooping the soil uh, so that it's, it's looser, looser plugs of dirt that disperse so that it breaks down a lot faster and you, and you don't even really notice it as much on the soil. So, and for those of you that don't, that don't know even what aerating or what the benefits of that is, that's, that's just like it says, aerating, you're aerating the soil by, by taking, removing some of the soil all over, it's allowing the roots of the turf to spread and expand it's allowing for again more nutrients to get in air water sun um, you know uh, fertilization fertilizer and uh, lime all the different nutrients can get down in the soil better when you loosen it up I know for me here in um, Richmond Virginia central Virginia area we have hard compact clay soil. Which is a uh, our natural soil, so it gets really hard and compact. So it's almost mandatory. Actually, the state of Virginia recommends every year aerating um, our you know your your lawn to to break that up to get you know break up all that compaction to help get the turf to, to stay or get healthy every year. And we do that in the fall here, so that the the grass has time to recover. We also put down fresh seed around that time as well, because it's a good opportunity to get all the seed in the holes. And fall is a good cooler time of year for the seed to germinate and grow and get nice and thick before um, you get back to the, the hot summer the following year. So that's kind of the, the thing that the deal there and this aerating attachment helps me uh, be able to get that done faster. I have a stand-on aerator as well uh, from, from Toro So I can use these kind of in tandem, um, especially with it being 38 inches wide, I can cover a a decent area a lot faster and it being attached to the multiforce going up to 10 miles an hour that the grandstand multiforce going up to 10 miles an hour back and forth. I utilize this for the larger lawns that I have, instead of being on the stand-on aerator, which is smaller, more compact, a 24-inch uh, wide, so that I can get in the, the smaller gated backyards and things like that, just smaller yards in general. I'll, I'll use that. Um, but for the bigger yards, it's not nearly as fast, because you have to do more passes, because it's more narrow, and it just isn't as fast. It doesn't go 10 miles an hour. It's a stand-on aerator. It's not it's it, that's not it's not meant to go that fast, uh, versus the Toro Grandstand MultiForce. The mower itself goes up to ten miles an hour. So you put this attachment on there and you just go for it. And it's wider, so you can cover more ground. You know, less less passes back and forth, and you can go faster. So um, I really use it for my wide open, larger yards again, in conjunction with, um, you know, my stand on aerator for the smaller sections and smaller backyard. So it's been a really great asset for me. Again, for, for all the visuals, you guys want to check it out, see how it works, see how it looks. This one's really tough to explain, you know, all those details and how it looks and how it works. Um, and, and you might even be thinking, you know, like the whole scooping and, you know, how's it scooping versus pulling plugs and all that. You can just check that out as always. Click on the link in the episode description uh, for Toro.com. It'll take you right there and you can check it all out. <laughs> hey guys, the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, will be here before you know it, October 18th through the 21st. It's a great time. I go every year. I've been going for many, many years. It's worth it so in so many ways. All of the outdoor demo areas plus the indoor showroom. Talk to all of the all of your favorite manufacturers and Uh, meet new ones, find new ones, and all the networking opportunities. A lot of great events, great food, great times, great educational opportunities as well there. So go ahead and check it out. If you don't know what it is, you can click the link in the episode description there, and you can check out all about it as well as register. Uh, You can use my code LCR to save 50% off at any time. But if you register before September 9th, you get the early bird discount, which means with the 50% off, it'll only be $10 per person if you use code LCR. Again, that link is in the episode description. Thanks guys. Hope to see you there. And now the LCR media podcast continues. Think outside the box, some creative ways to try and help your one customer, you know, you're your hopefully will become a, a regular client to promote you on their Facebook page, the face private Facebook group that a lot of these neighborhoods have and, or just, you know, throughout their, their neighborhood on the street at the bus stop, you know, whenever at the clubhouse, things like that, just to help. You know, because most likely those people are going to associate with more people like them, you know, that care about their yard. They're not going to really hang out with the weedy yard people. They're, you know, if if they're not a weedy yard person already, they're not going to. They're not really the same personality people. They might be their neighbor or live on their street, and they might say hi and be cordial, but they're not going to. They're not going to recommend you to them most likely either because they know that you're, you know, you're taking care of their nice yard and they probably wouldn't even want you to take care of their yard after taking care of, you know, their neighbor's nasty yard. And because that's another thing, you know, Um, I think I've said this before in the past on a specific route density episode, but you get more of what you have. So if you have a whole bunch of weedy yards, the nice yard people driving by or you know, next door or down the street that see you are just gonna think that you're the weedy yard guy. They think your your mowers are going to be all caked up with weeds and weed seeds and all disgusting and gross. And that is usually the case, you know, unless you you know you have to do more cleaning and maintenance on your mowers when you're taking care of all these weedy yards. Now, I get it. I understand some parts, some neighborhoods, some you know rural areas specifically, you know, where there's lots of, you know, you have like acres and no irrigation, lots of woods and lots of natural weeds and grass, different types of grass and all that all mixed together. I get it. Um, that might be all you have to mow and that's fine. You can build a route up in that too. I, I don't really care what kind of grass you grow or or, or mow. I mean, or weeds. My, my point is it's really hard to mix the two. If you're in a really nice neighborhood with all lush, tall fescue grass yards that you can stripe and make them look like carpet to sprinkle in some random person here and there in those neighborhoods that stick out like a sore thumb that are just full of crabgrass and all kinds of nasty stuff. You shouldn't be combining those two yards because you're, you are going to, you know, (laughs) There's no way for you to clean your deck out 100% from that yard from one yard to the next. So you are going to be bringing some of that yucky nasty gummed up weeds that's up under your deck onto that nice yard. And even if their yard is treated, which most likely it is to look like that, hopefully the weed seeds will not germinate or anything if they if they're treated properly and the grass is thick enough, but it's all about the customer's perception, right? They're going to see you going plowing through all this crabgrass and nasty stuff. And you're just going to, even if you blow it all off right there and they see you attempting to clean off your mower and you hop over and take care of theirs, it's still perception. They're still thinking, man, that's kind of nasty, you know, like, and trust me, I know this from experience. This This is a fact. And more of those crabgrass yard people are going to seek you out. They're going to say, Oh, they're, Oh, wow. They're doing a good job. But Johnny's mess. I'm going to contact them and see if they can take care of my yard once or twice a month. You know, like you're just going to promote that kind of work. So you got to say no to that stuff and, and stick with the nicer yards. If that's what you want to do, it's really hard to do the both to, to do both. And if you're, you know, the same thing with, if you've got a bunch of rural yards, it's hard to mix that with the residential. Cause typically they're, further apart from each other so what you want to do is just separate the days you know try and have get your schedule filled up to the point where you can have one uh, day just for the, the further you know out rural areas with the acres that are going to take you longer uh, per cut but you're obviously charging more for that and uh, you know you're not so concerned about striping a perfectly you know well-maintained fescue yard. You're just taking care of someone's, you know, acre acreage property and then have a different day for all the nice, you know, cookie cutter postage stamp, you know, fine, uh, tall fescue or whatever, um, nice lush grass. You got um, yards to residential HOA yards. So the more you do that, the more you will get, you know, the more nicer yards you have, the more nice yards you'll get uh, and so on. So, You know, this was just kind of something that I thought about and I I never really addressed it, but I wanted to just kind of hammer it home for those of you that are new listening and anyone else that might be trying to figure this out or struggling with this. Just one more example. I know some people are like, all right, all right, all right. I get it. All right. I get it. I know. I know. Route density. I get it. Yeah. But, you know, I just wanted to give another example um, of what you might not have thought about um, or what you, you know, might. Not think is as important um, as as it really is, because the more route density you have, the more profitable you are. Just some examples from me, you know, uh, we can easily have a thousand thousand dollar days, uh, just just mowing lawns based on our pricing and you know being able to get twenty yards done in a day, um, you know, in an eight hour day, including a thirty minute lunch or whatever. Because all of those 20 yards are in the exact same neighborhood. So we're literally going from house to house to house. In most cases, when we unload, when we stop and unload, it's for more than one house. It's a bunch of two You know, we have two houses next to each other or across the street from each other or skip over a random house to get to another house, you know. Um, and in a lot of cases we have more than two houses we stop in a cul-de-sac and we've got three or four houses uh, we stop on a corner we've got three or four or we've got two here and and one and you know one or two more down the street and we can just ride back and forth on the mowers and the guys can you know and we walk down and then we get in the truck and drive down and pick them up when they're done down at the other end and stuff like that so we just kind of Uh, divide and conquer and spread out a little bit when we need to, to save time and get things done. Anything to save loading and unloading time, because that's going to save you minutes and minutes over the course of uh, the day as well, which means you can squeeze in more yards to do more work to do. There's more wiggle room in case there's a random rainstorm, a summer thunderstorm that comes through. You got to jump in the truck real quick for 15, 20 minutes, let it blow through. The sun comes out, everything evaporates and dries off and you're right back at it again. You know, you can afford that kind of stuff without having to work late or too much later than you had planned. And, and every, you and everyone that's potentially working for you can still get home for dinner um, and you're making as much money as possible because you're paying yourself and or your people just for bill mostly for billable time for, for things that you're actually invoicing out for mowing lawns or, or trimming shrubs or, you know, fertilizing the lawn, whatever it is. Like you're, you're, you're getting more of that done in the day if you're in the same neighborhood. And again, this, that takes time. I, I understand. Um, so, but that should be your goal and you should always be refining that. I'm constantly having to let people go, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to say no to, it's not hard to say no to these weedy yards, but it's, it's hard to say no when you're right on the same street. Like for me, like, you know, I get it. I mean, I guess I've gotten a tougher skin over the years, but, you know, basically I'm just, I just tell them, you know, that, you know, you're, you're, you're not, your yard is not a good fit for us or, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, you know, you don't want to say, you know, your yard is disgusting. I don't want to take care of it, but cause they're still in the same neighborhood, but it's just one of those things that. Those people also kind of filter themselves out anyway, because when they ask for a price, and you know, you can still, if you want to go that route, you still give them the quote, like, "Hey, it's weekly mowing. This is the price. You know, credit card on file. All these things. That one, if not all of those things, will usually weed those people, pun intended, out. Filter those people out. You know, the the, the oh no, I you know I can't you just come every other week? Or, um, you know, oh, that's too much. And, you know, those people are usually cheap, which is why their yard looks that way, right? The people that are willing to pay a fair rate for their property to be maintained are the ones that have a well-maintained property, right? I mean, that's that's, that's just facts. Let's be honest. So, it's kind of easy that way also to filter people out if you're, if you're still kind of getting used to saying no and feel awkward or uncomfortable, rightfully so I get it. You know, they're, they're right next to the house you're already doing or down the street. And you're like, ah, I really don't want to be dealing with, with that nasty yard. Um, or, Hey, look, you know, we, we offer fertilization weed control. Um, so that's a package if you want, if you want to sign up, which isn't, isn't actually the case for me. I haven't mandated that you have to get mowing. You have to sign up for mowing and fertilization. We control together. You just have to have one of the, one of the, one or the other, you know, it can't just be some random, like, Hey, we'll trim your shrubs or put fresh mulch down and and we're done. Like you have to sign up for one of our regular services. But in this case, where the folks that have the really messed up yards, that is another way to filter those people out. Um, I will give them a quote. I will, you know, give them a chance if they follow all the criteria, you know, like that, that is an easy way for me, honestly, you know, instead of just saying no, um, in a lot of cases, if they are right next door or down the street and it would be a good, uh, profit gainer, if I can get their yard turned around, if they follow, you know, the, the terms and conditions, which is okay. You've got a, you know, I'm not telling them this, but you've got a weed infested yard. Okay. We'll sign you up for mowing and fertilization weed control so we can get your yard in in, in shape, in good shape, um, and, and all those aspects. And you're going to have a credit card on file, and this is the price for everything. And if they say yes to all that, well, hey, that's a win because maybe legitimately they just moved in and they you know got uh, inherited that mess and they want to get it cleaned up or 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 they just you know <laughs> they just had an awakening or something and realized man I I don't want my yard to look like this anymore you know or whatever maybe they got too many letters or too many you know uh, nasty looks from their neighbors and all the above but whatever the reason is you know if they sign up for all that then hey let's go for it like let's start let's start working on their yard it's going to take a good you know 12 months to get to get it looking uh, you know a, a full uh 180 on your yard, looking nice. It might it might still not be as nice as some of the other yards you take care of because they've been taking it's been taken care of for years. But you can make it look a heck of a lot better. Eliminate most of the weeds. You know, get get a whole bunch of new grass grown in the fall, when you aerate and seed, and just re- green everything up, and just make it look nice so that when your truck is sitting in front of it, truck and or trailer sitting in front of their property, you feel good about it. You don't feel like, oh man, I need to like. I need to come in an unmarked, you know, truck and trailer and and, and wear a plain T-shirt so I can mow this yard real quick in incognito mode. Right. And hopefully people don't don't recognize what company it is and be like, what the heck are they doing on that nasty yard? You know, like, no, you want to be proud that you're sitting in front of that yard, Um, you know, especially when you're in those nice neighborhoods with those nice yards, you know, so. You can easily um, filter those people out with these with those criterias or force them into your terms so that, that hopefully that you can get their yard quickly into looking like a, a better yard so that's that's really what I do nowadays when I when those yards pop up in the neighborhood that I'm already in it's like okay yeah that's cool but you know here's the guidelines and nine times out of ten those people are like oh I'm good you know I'll, I'll find Chuck you know shout out to Chuck and the truck That's just kind of a a tongue-in-cheek joke we've got going on in the community here, you know, chucking the truck. The guys that just are kind of weekend warriors show up in their beat-up truck and, you know, random mower or something in the back, and they just kind of hack people's yards down. Uh, for as cheap as possible. And they just, are, you know, it's not really professional. It's not really doing great for the industry. They're leaving money on the table. They're promoting that kind of behavior for, you know, like the, the customers out there, they're just looking for these one-time people to come and hack their yard down. Uh, I, one of my neighbors on actually across the a slightly a diagonal across the street from me, um, diagonal from me across the street, I should say. <clears throat> so I don't really interact with them too often, but It's like they go through five or six people every year. I'm like, what in the world? How many people do you need cutting your grass? Why can't you just sign up with one person and let them just stay on top of your grass? But they usually go like, you know, two, three weeks, sometimes a month before they get their lawn cut. And I live in a nice neighborhood, you know, n- nothing rich or fancy, but I live in a nice neighborhood in HOA where you get in trouble if your yard looks like that. And I I could really care less too much because it's not like my next door neighbor and their weeds are blowing in my yard. They're, they're like I said, across the street and, and down a couple houses. So they're diagonal. Um, but, I, you know, I still see it when I come home and, and leave, you know, and sometimes looking out my window, I'm like, man, what the heck, what the heck are they waiting on? And then just some random person shows up and I'm like, man, I feel so bad for that random person. You know, like sometimes it's Chuck, sometimes it's a legitimate looking business that shows up and maybe it's like, a, um, what the heck is it? Uh, I don't know, a, a thumbtack or task easy or what, whatever. I don't even know what these things are called anymore because I don't have anything to do with them. I've been there, done that. Also, these different services out there, home advisor, even. Um, where you can sign up to be, as as a contractor, sign up to be a member of that whole program as basically like another lead referral generator or whatever um, for you as a contractor. And for the customers, you know, the people that are just looking for someone to mow their lawn or, you know, fix plumbing in their house or clean their gutters or just any miscellaneous things. They can go on these different apps or platforms or websites and type in what they're looking for and their zip code and all that, and get a couple of quotes from local contractors and they just pick one and they come and they do the job and they leave. And there's no loyalty, there's no contracts, no agreements, no regular reoccurring revenue or anything. And for whatever reason, that's a thing. And people love that. You know, it's like, it's, it's like the Uber of, of uh, you know, lawn care and and other um, service industry related stuff, and um, that come those come the home advisors and all those all that they take you know they charge a percentage of that from the contractor. So, you know, a lot of times the homeowners don't have to pay home advisor or whoever anything. They just pay whatever the the rate is that they agreed upon. But in that rate is baked in a percentage that comes out of the contractor's pay that's given to home advisor whoever to to have b- because they technically got them that that lead which when you're starting out that i that's probably a way to help get start generating some some word of mouth and business maybe get you some some customers in certain neighborhoods that will hopefully sign up after that but people like my neighbor They just don't do that. They just keep going on those things and they just keep finding people to come hack their lawn down whenever they feel like it. Or I don't even, I I just don't get it. I don't know why people are like that. I don't know if they're on that tight of a budget and they're not physically capable or don't want to mow their own lawn. So they, this is just, this is the avenue that that, that they go, they go the Uber way, like, Oh, who's available tomorrow. Let me look and see, boom, let me pick them. And they come hack it down and, and, and they're, and we're done and we're good for another three weeks or something. Like there are people like that. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, those people don't sign up for my services, right. When I give them, when I spell out the criteria that, you know, you, you, it's weekly mowing, We're going to do fertilization weed control. This is the price credit card on file. Boom. All those things. Um, Those kind of people like my neighbor are, are not, you know, at least one, if not all of those things is not their cup of tea. They're not happy with that. So they're just, they're going to keep looking for, like I said, Chuck or, um, you know, whoever is, is available on these different platforms Um, and no fault to those people. That might be another topic for another day too, but no, no fault to those, to those other contractors. I know a lot of folks that do really well, you know, on those different platforms, they get a lot of work and they, they stay busy and they start building up a new neighborhood. So that, that is a way. I've just, I've been there, done that. Wasn't too happy with it. My route density, my my whole, you know, business has grown pretty good without having to rely on that kind of stuff. So now it's at the point where it's just, you know, we're just steamrolling through. We don't need any of that kind of stuff. We don't even need to advertise too much. Um, We just have so much word of mouth, so much SEO search engine optimization already through Google, my business and Facebook and all, all, all that, all the reviews and, and uh, people recommending us on their private Facebook groups and all the neighborhoods that we're in and so on. And just people just seeing us driving through all the time. Uh, We're just constantly in the same neighborhood. So that's another thing, people that helps, your route density helps with that because you're in one neighborhood all day, or in some cases it's multiple days. Sometimes we can't get... You know, we can only get about twenty yards done in a day, especially when it's so hot now in the you know middle of, of the summer. We we, we have to uh, split it up. You know, we spend all day in one neighborhood and then finish that neighborhood the next day and then start a new neighborhood. You know, l- later on that day. You know, like after lunch or something or whatever. Um, but we're, so we're in there a whole day, if not a day and a half, and we're just driving up and down different streets in that neighborhood. So people just see us constantly and they think we have multiple trucks. People have told me that several people have told me that over the years, I see your trucks everywhere. You guys are everywhere. It's like, no, we have one truck. I've got one. I have yet to been able to invest in another truck for various reasons. Not the topic for today. Um, you know, with the prices nowadays, you know, on, on everything and not being able to find and keep a reliable crew leader so that I can have someone else to drive another truck, you know, there's no point if of having two trucks other than just convenience of being able to swap trucks real quick. But to save money and time and be as profitable as possible right now, I just still have one truck, um, one truck, one trailer, <clears throat> I have the ramp rack set up so it gives me different. Different uh, options for different things. There's, uh, if you don't know what the ramp rack is, there's videos on YouTube about that, as well as uh, podcast episodes about that on, on the LCR Media Podcast as well. I have, give, there's a 10% discount for that if you do uh, code LCR as well. If you want, if you look into that and you want to purchase that for your lawn maintenance business, that's a whole other thing. That's it's a really good thing too. You can check that out. But so I've got my my setup. But my point is, it's just one. But people think I have multiple trucks and trailers because we're just constantly in these neighborhoods all around each other. Like these neighborhoods kind of all surround each other, and we just cross the street and go to the next neighborhood and start there. You know, so that also um, helps. Having the route density helps with that too. So bottom line is, like I said, I don't really need to rely on on any of those other types of platforms. But I know a lot of guys do well with that. So I'm not trying to knock those platforms. It's just not for everyone. You have to find out what's best for you, but you're going to get a lot of the people that I'm talking about that I stay away from, or that I have strict guidelines for those weedy yard people that just want you to come once or twice a month. That those are a lot of those people are on those platforms looking for someone to come mow their lawn, um, you know, once a month, you know what I mean? It's, and, and they don't even pick the same person. Usually it's just like random. So there's no loyalty there. It's hard to build your lawn maintenance business that way anyway. Um, when you can't really rely on, on, on the work, uh, on your schedule, if you're just waiting to see if you get notified from, you know, whatever platform you're on to, for someone to randomly mow your lawn. And, and, and you know, it's good to get, to get used to yards and all and get used to the people. I mean, if you, every day you're, randomly stopping at these d- yards for the first time. It takes you a little bit longer to cut them because you're not familiar with them. You kind of have to figure out the nuances. Oh, look, there's a big hole right here, or a big dip, or this section's always muddy and blah, blah, blah. And so, I mean, you know, you're walking the property, double check all that in the beginning and all that stuff in the beginning, but then like it's, then you go to the next house you you do the same thing. So it's not like you're doing that for the beginning and then the next week you're there and you don't have to do it anymore. Cause now, you know, you made notes, whatever, you know, all the things you know, that makes it a little more challenging too, because you're adding on a little more time. So all that being said to say, if you stick, if you find some good neighborhoods, stick with the good neighborhoods, build up your route density in those neighborhoods for so many reasons I've talked about in the past. And now also saying it will breed good, uh, good neighborhoods will breed good yards and hopefully keep out the weedy, you know, bad yards The people that don't care about their yards which means they're not going to be the best client either. Uh, you know, those people will stay away if, if you have the nice, the nice yards and so on. So, and um, in then in the nice neighborhoods, so anyway, that's my ramble for today. That's my IBG episode. Route density. Usually, when I start talking about route density, I kind of go all over the place, and you know, I have a specific topic that I'm trying to hammer in, but you know, it, it ends up taking me here, there, lots of rabbit holes because it's a lot to talk about, a lot of experience. You know, seven, eight years now of really trying to um, really live this route density by, by default, you know, and not even realizing it was it was a thing in the beginning that was that no one else did or that needed to be discussed. I was just trying to figure it out as I went along and then started hearing some, some of my peers and mentors talking about it. Like, Hey, like know your numbers, route density, you know, like these are like some key topics that are going to help you be an efficient, profitable business. Um, And I, you know, I, I, I've been doing it for years. So I just keep trying to share my tips and tricks uh, local people will tell you that I'm not full of it. Like they've seen my route, they've done my route, they've helped me with my route, whatever. They they know the deal. Like it's it's a lot of everything that I'm talking about. You know, I, I walk the walk. I talk to talk and walk the walk. So, so I just I'm just trying to share and, and and give give it back to you guys to hopefully help give you as many tips and and words of advice that I can to help you guys be as profitable as possible because that's, that's the name of the game, especially in today's day and age with, uh, um, all the inflation and a lot of cheap people out there and, you know, gas prices and everything. Like we need to, when it comes to maintenance, you can't be week, week to week, every week, just spending all this unnecessary gas driving all over town. You really need to start focusing in. Like I started to say before, um, there's been plenty of times where I have like left the neighborhood because it just, it just wasn't good there weren't good yards good people and and or i couldn't even grow in that neighborhood so i just you know i just had to bow out you know give those people refer them to someone else that was closer over there or or whatever because i just it wasn't worth me going out that way anymore it was a little bit too far or it just wasn't worth going to that other neighborhood for one one yard or something so you got to make those decisions to, to protect your route density keep it going and keep growing in the neighborhoods that you are already in Um, and then go from there so you can stay profitable. All right, guys, well, thank you for listening to this long ramble of another route density here. Hopefully you got some things or something from there. Um, As always, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.